Welcome to the Weekend Entertainment Edition of the Literature and Film Podcast, a.k.a. The We Laugh. Our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead, either at the cinema or streaming at home. And now, from a remote location on the East Coast, in the heart of Flying Bull Productions Studios, your host, Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. Ready? Yeah, man. Alright, welcome to Laugh, episode 199. It's a wee laugh for the December 9th weekend. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table is the other host, Richard Lusk. How are Yay, you, sir? Good. 199. Yeah, we're getting we're getting close to 200. Pretty close. Pretty close. We might actually get it done by the end of this year. Is, is number 200 going to be office Christmas party? <laughs> oh, a review of it? Yeah. Could that be. That would be horrible. Uh, Office Christmas Party is the only new release coming out this weekend. Well, there is one I just noticed. I just saw this, actually, but it's only coming to 600 This theaters. is the only wide release. I okay. think wide release has to be more than 1,000 theaters. Some people define it as 1,500. But okay. Office Christmas Party, starring the talents of Jason Bateman, Olivia Mum, TJ Miller, Jennifer Aniston, Kate McKinnon, and Rob Corddry, all throw an epic Christmas party when... Uh, Justin Bateman's uptight CEO sister, played by Jennifer Aniston, threatens to shut down his branch. The branch manager throws the most epic Christmas party in order to land a big client. Hijinks ensue in this R-rated comedy from the creative talents of Josh Gordon and Will Speck, directors of Blades of Glory, the greatest figure skating movie ever made. Will this be the greatest party movie ever made? No. Probably not the greatest party movie ever made. Greatest uh, Christmas movie ever made? Greatest Christmas party movie ever made? Maybe greatest Christmas party movie ever made, because I don't know of any great Christmas Set in parties. the state of New York? There's a great Christmas party in uh, Christmas Vacation, where uh, Cousin Eddie walks up with a... I don't even know what they're called. They're, 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 it's like a fake uh, sweatshirt kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it's black, and he's wearing a white sweater on top. So Greatest office Christmas party ever in a film it has to be Die Hard. Oh, okay. You know there are people leaving that thing going, hmm, awesome party. I was going to say Lethal Weapon. How will they top that next year? Uh, are you getting excited about this? No. Really? I know you like Jason Bateman, who we last saw in The Family Fang. I like him in the indie films more. I'm not a fan of Jennifer Aniston. Really? I don't find her terribly funny. Oh, I think that she's great. She's great in uh, the those other movies with uh, Jason Bateman where... They, what is it, office something, they're killing the bosses, dead bosses. Office space? No, no, he wasn't in office space. Oh, horrible she bosses? Was good in, she was great in office space. Yeah, horrible bosses. I think Jason Bateman, though, is to workplace humor what Tom Cruise is to uh, to action movies. <laughs> okay. I, guess I mean, that's... he is the Tom Cruise of, of workplace humor movies. I mean, he always plays the straight man. I think he's funny. I think he's hilarious. I like Jason Bateman just in certain films. You like T.J. Miller. I like him in Silicon Valley, He's but the... that's also in limited doses. And now, I mean, he just seems to always be playing T.J. Miller. He's being typecast. He's this generation's Will Ferrell. That's what I was thinking. Or Seth, he's the Seth Rogen du jour. He's slipping into that Will Ferrell, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I th- yeah that's a good uh, comparison. I think T.J. Miller is to Seth Rogen what Zach Galifianakis is to Jonah Hill. So I always get those guys kind of confused. Yeah, but it's also got Rob Cordry, the poor man's David Koechner. 
I've made that point before on the show. If you told me the plot description, I think I would have been able to pick out two or three of the main characters or actors playing the roles. I, I would have picked out Jason Bateman if you if you said this, and I might have gotten Jennifer Aniston too. And then I always probably I I would have said probably David Koechner, but then I have to go with the poor man's version, Rob Corddry. I like Rob Corddry. He's hilarious. I think this is, good, this is potential. All it's right. got potential to be a huge Christmas hit. No, I think being R-rated limits its audience. Last year's uh, Seth Rogen Christmas movie made like $31 million. Total? No, opening weekend. I think I looked up opening weekend. I might be wrong. Twas the night? Yeah. The night what? before. Oh, the night before. Not twas the night. Hey. Has there ever been a movie with twas in the title? Oh, it has to be. <laughs> Since 18... 18- if not, we're making it. Okay. <laughs> twas. There's another movie going wide, though, this weekend. And that is? Miss Sloan. This does look interesting. In the high-stakes world of political power brokers, Elizabeth Sloan, played by Jessica Chastain, yet another fave of yours, mm-hmm. is uh, the most sought-after and formidable lobbyist in D.C. Known equally for her cunning and her track record of success, she has always done whatever is required to win. But when she takes on the most powerful opponent of her career, she finds that winning may come at too high a price. It's directed by John Madden. When he's not making video games about football, he's a well-respected movie director. Jeez. Well, he did Shakespeare in Love, uh, the best exotic Marigo Hotel, Mary yeah. Marigo Marigold Hotel, and then it's it's a sequel, the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. And it's all the same people, pretty much. But doesn't that mean that it's just not as going to be as good as the first one? Yeah, it didn't it's get second some. best. It, that little titling issue there. He also did a movie version of Ethan's Rome. Have you seen that? I have not. With the. Um, Liam Neeson. Uh, Liam Neeson and Joan Allen is Xena. And uh, Patricia Arquette's in that as well. Yeah, I don't think that's out on Blu-ray yet. Oh, okay. I, I thought I saw it on uh, on Netflix or I or uh, Apple. I'm going to have to catch up with that. He did that in the early 90s. Um, so Jessica Chastain, one of your fave actors. You, you were all over her in Crimson Peak. And then Jurassic World. She was also in Jurassic World, although I thought that she was also in Black Mirror. The first she, episode of Black Mirror this season. <laughs> No, yeah. yeah, no. That's Dice Brooklyn Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. It's got Mark Strong in it from the Brothers Grimsby. Last, I think he was also in Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gugu Batara from another one of your favorite movies, Odd Thomas. She was in Odd Thomas. She was also in my favorite episode of Black Mirror, which was yes. your least favorite episode. Exactly. So does that mean I should like this movie based on the cast, and you should not? Based on the cast, yes. But based on the idea that it's a political drama thriller type movie, I think I'm more likely to like it than you are likely to like it. Yeah, a lot of times the political thrillers don't work as well for me. I just watched Michael Clayton again mm-hmm. this past weekend. Man, that is a good movie. With uh, oh, the the guy that everybody George should Clooney. know. George Clooney, that's right, yeah. as the voice of my dog. George Clooney's political movies, half of them work, half of them don't. Money Monster, I don't think worked very well. I didn't see that. I never did. That came out recently. This yeah, year. I mean, it wasn't but badly Ides of March made. was good. Ides of March worked. Uh, Syriana I haven't seen all of that. I when think you I... watched it, but then you try and think about the plot and you don't understand anything that happened. Huh. I like Clooney. So, are you I interested? Clooney in Clooney was in this. If, if Clooney was in it, you might be going to see it? Clooney and Jessica Chastain. Instead of Mark awesome. Strong? Mark Strong is fine. So you're not interested in Miss Sloan? Uh, tepid. That puts us in an awkward position vis-a-vis episode 200. 
Oh, what we do for the review? Yeah. I, I can watch Miss Sloan. I'm not huge yeah, on but Christmas. Do we part. want Miss Sloan to be the 200th episode? We'll have to talk uh, about that. We'll have to talk about that. Hmm. Well, it is what it is. I understand that you have a net pick. I do. I, I do. There's a lot of good stuff coming out this weekend. All right. Just not at the Redbot. So you've been very kind and you've let me recommend a show for Netflix. Uh, I was a huge fan of Mythbusters since its inception. I remember watching in college and all along I was very sad. Uh, early this year, I think the show's last episode was in like January or February. It ended. I, I don't so remember, yeah. I was very excited when at Dragon Con this year they announced uh, the TV show White Rabbit Project starring Tori Belecci, Carrie Byron, and Grant Imahara. They were uh, the Bill team from Mythbusters. They were the B team. And they have this show. What did you call them? The Bill team? The Build team or the oh, B team. Oh, they would build the. Yeah. <laughs> I just said Bill. Build. They would build sets and stuff or robots or whatever. They would build a lot of the stuff for the stuff or okay. in the early seasons. And then they kind of would do their own myths later on. They spun off and huh. they were fired from the show for the last two seasons. Or I guess they weren't rehired. So it's like Stephen Colbert from The Daily Show. Kind of, yeah. Spun off. And then the only time you got to see them was once a year for Thanksgiving when they would run the pumpkin, pumpkin chunkin competition on discovery channel but then that uh, didn't get run this year because a woman got seriously injured really and she may have ended pumpkin up at her? the pumpkin exploded where? or like the the pumpkin chucking competition no, no no where in the where in the course of its being chunked did it explode early on i think like the machine malfunctioned something went flying off and the pumpkin, so the pumpkin got, exploded yeah <laughs> they were with it the got pied they were Okay. And she got hit in the head and was seriously injured, so oh, okay. Discovery Channel didn't air it this year, so I didn't get my Tory wow, Carey and Grant fix. The lost footage of the pumpkin chunkin'. But uh, this week, Netflix releases on Friday, White Rabbit Project, which is kind of Mythbusters 2.0. Is the pumpkin chunkin' lost footage uh, going to be there? No. no. Unfortunately not. Why are they calling it White Rabbit? Because they're going down the rabbit hole. They're exploring and seeing how far these myths go. Um, some of these are actual historical events, and they're trying to recreate them. So they're looking at pop culture, science, and history. Oh, uh, everything from jailbreaks to superpowers to heists and crazy World War II weapons. Oh, so cool. there are going to be tons of explosions, and this is all being done by the same production company that did MythBusters. So, so it's coming out on Netflix, which means they're dumping how many episodes. They. I looked, no one said how many episodes. But I think they to... only made the first episode available to the press as a screener. But so I'd imagine to... eight episodes. You'll be able to pick and choose mm-hmm. which of those might interest you. Because I'd be interested in that heist mm-hmm. episode. And so is uh, Jamie and who's Adam Lutz's, Savage. They're they not gonna... involved at all. I in they're not even going to show up say, hey, man, what's up? Maybe they have a cameo. I haven't heard Adam Savage mention anything about well, it. So. Maybe he's like insanely jealous of their success. No, he's doing his own stuff on Tested. And like, what would happen if I branched off and did my own podcast? Well, then he's got his tour that he does, the MythBusters tour. So he's, oh, right. he's busy guy. So that's my pick for Netflix. I have a net pick of the week. Ooh. My net pick of the week is based on a phone call that my dad gave me. He's really excited about this. He's like, Rich, I. Hooked him up with uh, Netflix recently, and he has one of those uh, Samsung TVs where you just have to press the button, Netflix, and it comes right up. So I showed him a movie I recommended a couple of, maybe a month and a half ago, The uh, Siege of Jodisberg, and he loved it. But then it made recommendations for him based on that, and one of the recommendations that came up was uh, Our World War, 
which is a British television drama series based on eyewitness accounts of all soldier of the soldiers who uh, served in the First World War. The series was inspired by the 2012 BAFTA award-winning series Our War, which is a docudrama of soldiers in Afghanistan. So the sh- the series started with that with modern soldiers, and now they're taking that sort of um, filming sensibility to World War One, and there are some weird anachronistic things that go on not necessarily in the scene but in the filming like there's um body mounted uh cameras in some of the scenes which is sort of off-putting overhead battle scene animations which i really enjoyed because you know how i'm a stickler for having that overhead shot that kind of sets everything Mm -hmm. in terms of stage but then they zoom over from one part of the battlefield to the other and you get this real sense of what was happening on the battlefields uh of these episodes um there's also like a modern modern soundtrack which surprisingly didn't bother my dad because it's got like pop music and stuff in it which is just like i said anachronistic but it doesn't detract from the stories itself which are there's only three of them um the first one is about the first battle of the british engagement with german forces apparently the royal fusiliers set up uh, defenses in the Belgian town of Mons, and they hadn't—they didn't really know what they were going to encounter because most of the German army was conscripted. And in the first five minutes of this battle, I think the Germans lost like three hundred men. In the first ten minutes or five minutes or ten minutes of the battle, they lost like three hundred men, but they had thousands more coming. <laughs> so it's just like this is a type of warfare. And they also introduced the uh, the machine gun. On uh, in this battle for the first time, and it just it it takes those uh, elements of what's going on with World War One, and which is an interesting time period for me, and uh, plays them out in a very dramatic sense. So I'm recommending as my net pick of the week uh, our our first war, or wait a minute, our, our <laughs> world war, our world war. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like it. Uh, when we do all go on the Western Front, I always tell my students. The war was so devastating because it was fought with 20th century technology, but 19th century tactics. Yeah, and that that first episode sort of spells out that concept. The other episodes are uh, PALS, which is about um, a firing squad mm-hmm. duty that this guy wants to be not be a part of. Um, I thought it might be a nice companion piece to uh paths of glory which we actually reviewed paths of glory on the last podcast i think it's like episode 89 maybe it was back then uh and then the final one is about tanks i haven't seen that one yet but um based on my dad's recommendation this is uh, what you should go out and see net pick of the week very cool i like it people are going to be watching a lot of streaming stuff with our world war and the white rabbit project we're split on the two movies and theaters this weekend miss sloan which we'll probably end up reviewing because neither of us is that big on office christmas party i think we're willing to wait for that to come out on Redbox. have you ever been to an office christmas party because you never worked in an office i went to a warehouse christmas party was it for a bunch of people that you normally wouldn't people i worked with at a warehouse so, in a sense, it was an office Christmas party. There was no office. It was a warehouse. <laughs> was it in the warehouse? No, it was in the office area of the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> My question is that would you choose to go to a party with a bunch of people that you don't know, that you only that you have to see daily in your way of work, but you don't really socialize with outside of mm-hmm. you know the workplace? It's very uncomfortable. 
I would imagine. So you've been to many of these? Yeah, I've been to a few. We used to have them at the school. Oh yeah. Every year, killer put on a, a killer put on a killer Christmas party, and uh, I mean, people would behave the way that you should at a Christmas party, I guess. And these are like teachers, and teachers had this very staid, sort of removed sensibility. But then people would tear it up, man. Huh. And I could just see that happening, like with some of the people that you know we work yeah. with. It'd be fun. No, I like well so. Thanks for joining me, Elton. <laughs> Thank you. Box that bonum, everybody. There be dragons.